Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And now, it's time for the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show with Hub Arkish, Patrick Manley, and Olin Krutz on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Go to betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store now and mailmedchicago.com, where a full head of hair is the winning play. Good afternoon, Chicago, and welcome to Playoff Sunday Wild Card Weekend here in Chicago. Your Chicago Bears taking on the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans at 3.40 this afternoon. This is our Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show. I am Hub Arkish, along with Patrick Manley and Olin Krutz. And Olin, let me jump right into it, man. I, I know I, I didn't check to count how many hundreds of games you played in the NFL uh, but I got to believe there's a little different feeling uh, when you get up in the hotel, when you get into the locker room, when you go out on the field before that opening kickoff. Um, talk to us a little bit about the difference in playoff, uh, playoff Sunday, playoff games. Intensity uh, got me yet? Yeah, we got Okay, you. cool. You can definitely feel the intensity uh, uh, ramp up and, and you're ready to go. And, and you know that everything's on the line. It's, it's one and done. You got to win to move on. Uh, you earned your way into this tournament. And really, uh, for most football players, most guys in the NFL, it's what you've been dreaming about. And when you're working hard in the weight room, even in high school, when you're pushing yourself that extra rep pat, that extra 100-yard sprint, uh, you're thinking about playing in the playoffs in the NFL, trying to work your way there. And all of a sudden, you're there, and you can't help, but your emotions start to pick up, and you really got to try to control them because – uh, they can take you over because you're just so excited to be there and the tempo is picked up and the game is so much faster. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, Olin. And it also starts, you know, going back and thinking about some playoff runs we had. It started that Monday after that last game. You know, the focus that you came into Hallis Hall with, getting ready for the game plan that's getting presented to you to get ready to play. And the practices just seemed like they were ratcheted up a little bit more, that everybody was focused just a little bit more. Um, and, and it started that week, but, but game day is, is just something different. And you describe to young players and you say, okay, preseason games, you kind of get this feeling and it's going to ramp up for, for the regular season. The intensity is going to pick up. Well, it does kind of the same thing. At least it felt that way to me between like the preseason games and regular season and taking that jump from regular season to playoff games. And just that, that intensity, the focus, like you said, it's, it's, uh, it, it's almost like you're hanging on every single play, every single snap, instead of just kind of going with the flow of the game and, and letting it play out. It seems like every single possession, every single time you have the ball, every, every kickoff, kickoff return, whatever it is, that that's the most important moment, and that can change the game. 
Yeah, and Hub, I always thought the coaches were a little freaked out come Wednesday morning because usually uh, nobody was really looking at them while they were talking early in the morning. But all of a sudden, everybody was sitting up in a chair and hanging on every word they were saying and asking questions, and they knew that they had to be on their game too. And you could tell, like, from that moment, like Pat saying, from the first meeting you were in, you could tell it was different. We have a very special Bet Rivers pregame show presented by MailMedChicago.com for you. It is Wild Card Weekend. A little bit of a different schedule, guys. This is the home of the Chicago Bulls at 670 the score. And so we have Bulls basketball at 245. We're going to take you up to 245, about the, the same length as our normal pregame show. We're about 15 minutes short. But then we're going to give you a little hour break before kickoff at 340. We will be back, Patrick and I, immediately following the final gun with the Prop Swap postgame show. Olin, of course, will be over at NBC Sports Chicago doing postgame there, but he will then get back with Big Ant. Him and Anthony here, and I'll have post-post after Pat and I wrap it up. So Bears football, wild card football all day long here. Also, a little different on the schedule. We've already played the same. We've already teed them up for you about 10 weeks ago. We will do it again, but rather than bringing somebody from New Orleans, we wanted to hear from you. So this first hour, we've got the phone lines, the text line wide open, 312-644-6767. you got questions, you got comments, you want to join the conversation, you want to text us, again, you can call or text at 312-644-6767. If you call, you'll get us on the BetQL score listener line. Score listener line powered by BetQL, BetSmarter, and B the books download the betql app today or visit betql.com um, and of course the uh, tech zone is brought to you by rosen hyundai of algonquin save time shop online at rosenhyundai.com and we are currently broadcasting live from the score hyundai studios brought to you by your local hyundai dealers that's all the the business we'll take care of for now pat you just said something it's just been bugging the hell out of me all week long uh, not what you said, but 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 hearing the way other people approach it, um, <laughs> you earn this, you know. And I am so sick of hearing, oh, you know, they don't belong. They they got lucky. They they backed in. They did back in, but but they did earn this. I mean, you know, they made the rules at the start of the year. They said there's going to be seven playoff teams from each conference. This is how you qualify to get in, and the Bears qualified as as the seventh seed, and, and so. Yeah, they're a big underdog. I, I I don't you know hold out tremendous hope that they're going to win today. But um, the idea that they don't belong or they don't deserve this, it, it just it irks me because it's not true. They earned the seventh spot in the playoffs. No, one hundred percent. Yeah, and the rules are the rules, so they they expanded it. But I think what uh, and for me, and maybe I'm speaking for listeners as well, is that it's was such a wild season. It's almost like we had three seasons in one to get to where we are. And I think that's why it feels a little different that you start off five and one, have a six game losing streak, play the, play the, uh, the softies that they had at the end and then lose to green Bay. So it just is a weird feeling. It don't, it doesn't feel like they are a 500 team. It felt like three different seasons to get to 500. So I think that's part of it, but they are here. And I, what I heard last week, uh, Matt Nagy in the post game press conference, or it might've been the Monday saying, all right, it's a new ball game. Let's uh, wipe the slate clean. Let's get started. It's a new season. It's playoff time. I like the way he went about that. I think that's a good message to send the guys after that disappointing loss to Green Bay. And then the way the season went, you know, just like I said, it went up and down and, and now it's a new season and see what they can do here. Guys, we should set the table for this. Uh, the Bears did 
in fact move both Roquan Smith and Darnell Mooney's designations from questionable to out today. They will be without Roquan Smith and Darnell Mooney. They did, as I tweeted and wrote and suspected, activate Manti Teo, a seven-year veteran, uh, former Butkus Award winner out of Notre Dame, has bounced around the league a little bit in San Diego when the Chargers were there. Last with New Orleans, though. Spent the last three years with the New Orleans Saints. I expect if Josh Woods is able to go, he was questionable on the injury list all week long, um, that he will still be the starter. But Manti Teo gives you a veteran presence now to back you up at that inside linebacker spot because the other choice was Iggy uh, Joy Booneyway, who's become a good special teams player but has not shown himself to be somebody you can necessarily trust uh, in the regular defense yet. Um, and then, you know, as far as the receivers – Guys, I, I've got to believe Riley Ridley will get a jersey today. Maybe not. I don't know. But you would think with Darnell Mooney out. But Anthony Miller, I, I think, is the guy who has to step up. You expect Allen Robinson to be Allen Robinson. But Anthony Miller lost a ton of reps uh, this season to Darnell Mooney. He was the number two coming in. He is the number two today. He is a guy to keep an eye on for the Chicago Bears. And for everybody kind of moaning and wailing and gnashing their teeth about, oh, the Bears injuries, they can't win without Roquan. Trey Hendrickson of the New Orleans Saints, second in the league, tied Aaron Donald with 13 and a half quarterback sacks this year. He will be out today as well with a neck injury. So um, if, in fact, Roquan Smith uh, was number two to Khalil Mack, Trey Hendrickson uh, number two to Cameron Jordan on that Saints defense, the Saints are without him as well. Olin, you know, injury's a part of it. We know that. You know, it happens every week. It's going to happen in the playoffs, too. They may seem bigger this weekend. Roquan is a huge loss, as is Mooney. But you suit up the next guy, and you go out and play your best game, right? Yeah, I mean, those two guys are probably on – you know, offense and defense, top two or three guys you do not want to lose uh, going into the playoffs. So so that's going to hurt the Bears today. Uh, Chuck Pagano, in my opinion, is going to have to think outside the box, guys. He's going to, you know, last time they played the Saints, Taysom Hill lined up at quarterback, and they just ran power at the Bears, and the Bears couldn't stop him. So Chuck Pagano is going to have to, you know, maybe take a linebacker off the field, insert another D tackle like uh, Fangio used to do and go to that 6-1. And then sometimes I think on defense, they're going to have to insert, you know, a secondary guy, uh, Deion Bush or DeAndre Houston Carson, and someone who can cover Kamara out of the backfield because I don't think Woods, Iggy, or Manti Tail can do that. So Pagano's going to have to get creative today, change up his defense. is not really his scheme, Pat, but his personnel. He's going to have to go to different personnel and try to outguess, uh, you know, a guy who I think is – a really, really good offense coach, Sean Payton. But Pagano's going to try to match wits with him because you can't just line up in that 3-4, cover three, and think that they're not going to find the weaknesses there and find Woods or find Iggy. So you're going to have to put maybe a cornerback on the field when you think they're going to throw to Kamara. And then when you think they're going to run, you may have to take a linebacker on and put a D-tackle on the field and go to more of like a 6-1 defense. Yeah, well, right. you nailed it. The thing that scares me the most is, is Sean Payton versus Chuck Pagano. And especially with Roquan Smith being out and then how poorly Duke Shelley played last week that, you know, the, the, the Packers figured out a way to get Devontae Adams or Marquez Valdez scantling on him and, and, and kind of abu I mean, abused him. He had a rough game. So that's what scares me is what Sean Payton can put together with the weapons he has with Mike Thomas coming back, Kamara coming back from the COVID-19 reserve list and how he can out-scheme those guys and match up those guys on the backups with the Bears defense. And that scares me. So those, those are awesome points and great points about Pagano kind of have to think outside the box. I agree 100% with all of that. I didn't even think about that, that 
that, that's a smart defensive game plan because you're right. When Taysom Hill was in there, they couldn't stop him. I mean, it was just it was ugly up front. They were blocking. They couldn't they couldn't stop him. So we'll see what Pagano does. But those are some good points. Pub, let me enjoy being called smart for the first time in my life. <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah. I, I ain't buying that at all. Not, not the first they, time. The other points were brilliant. <laughs> I've been called a lot of things by Pat. Those are not two things he's called me often. Only right. on the radio. <laughs> Guys, let's get to the phone lines. We've got Nick out in Crystal Lake has dialed us up first. And Nick, the guy who answered, that was Studs. Adam Studzinski is behind the glass producing engineering. He's running the show today. Studs does such a great job for us every week. So our thanks to Adam. And let's welcome Nick into the program. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Pat, Nolan, I, I loved your guys' career, and I'm so glad you guys are still part of the Bears organization doing this on the weekends. <clears throat> my question for you guys is the playing surface at Soldier Field. <clears throat> I've seen a lot of really good players come to the Bears, and you know their stats drop a little bit, and a lot of players leave the Bears, and their, their stats, like Leonard, go up a little bit more. And I'm wondering if you guys think, because I've seen a lot of other Bears ex-players complain about the playing surface, if you think that has anything to do with, with on-field performance. Thanks. Well, Olin, you, uh, you played the 95% of your career at Soldier Field and then mm-hmm. went down to New Orleans and played in the Dome. So what do you think about Nick's question? Uh, I, I think for some guys, yeah. I think if you're a speed, athletic guy, obviously those guys always want to play on a fast field. And fa- by fast, you usually mean good weather. And, and, you know, either the grass is really good, you got good footing, or it's turf where, where our teams are. Uh, quick guys are a little quicker and a little faster and get the field a little more. I, I think as far as, you know, Floyd goes, I think you just have to consider that, that you know, down there is the D coordinator who, who, you know, who coached him his rookie year and really understands what he does and doesn't do well. And, and then also he's, he's probably playing with what a lot of people will consider the best defense alignment in the whole NFL who takes a lot of pressure off of everybody because the guy is such an animal and, I mean, I don't know Troy Aikman would know better than me, but but Troy said that he thought he was the best defensive player he's ever seen, uh, uh, you know, just watching the games last night. So as far as Floyd goes, I think that he is in the perfect situation for him, Pat. Yeah, I do. And I think sometimes guys mature differently, right? They they kind of figure out how to become a pro. Maybe that's part of it as well. Um, and, and that could be it. And I think that, you know, he, he is in a system, too, that he's been in for a long time, which helps. But to go back to Soldier Field, I just remember numerous times, you know, the kickers come over, snappers or whatever, a friend you have on other teams, and they walk up and be like, man, you guys play on this every week? And I'd be like, well, we practice on it too because it's just like this up at Hallis Hall. So it is a little bit of a – I call it an advantage because we worked on it every day, Olin. You know, that's what we that's what we did. And I think even the, the speed guys worked on it. It doesn't help them, but they're a little more used to it come Sunday when you're playing at Soldier Field. You know, guys, I think to Olin's point, Olin is really smart today, man. He's all over it. I'll tell you. It's a, <laughs> all right, uh, huh? No, no, no. I, 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 I mean that genuinely because How did not only... go? That's what I want to know. Uh, we're going to get to that in a little while. And I did, by the way, folks, I tweeted him out yesterday before kickoff. So if you missed the picks on yesterday's games, uh, I haven't even looked to see how we did on yesterday's games, but they were available prior to kickoff yesterday. We got some more picks on some of these games today. But I think to Olin's point, about Leonard Floyd, you know, and his performance now out in Los Angeles. What what people have missed, Brandon Staley wasn't just a coach with the Bears when Floyd was here. He was his position coach. He was the he was the linebacker coach. And that's why when Brandon Staley got the DC job, 
in Los Angeles, one of the first things he wanted to do was add Floyd because he knew how to use him and leverage him off some of the things that Aaron Donald and Michael Brockers and some of these other guys can do. Now, it's still frustrating, I'm sure, to Bears fans that Floyd has had his best season as a pro as a Ram, uh, but I don't think that's the playing surface. I think to Olin's point, that's the coach. And by the way, guys, Brandon Staley, uh, already two of the teams with coaching openings have requested permission to talk to him about their head coaching job. Uh, Vic Fangio's first main disciple. Don't know if he'll get one this year, but he is on the track for that. Uh, let's get one more call before we have to break. We got Rick up in Kenosha. Rick, thanks for dialing us up. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, being pumped up for the game. Did Walter Payton run out of bounds? No, he kept it in between the lines. The Bears can win this game. I'm telling you, let's get pumped up for this game. Anybody can beat anybody. Let's go, Bears! There you go, Rick. Uh, I want to hang around oh, Rick, man. Rick's my kind of God guy right me. there. Yeah. God bless Bears fans, man. <laughs> I love it. And you know I, what? He's right. He's right. And I see some of that even yesterday watching the games, and, and I looked at my two sons, and I'm like, it's playoffs. Why would you not be fighting for every yard, Pat, when guys are just, you know, in two or three yards left on the field and they just run out of bounds? Yeah, I, that, I mean, we've seen that a lot with the Bears wide receivers all the way across the board where, I, I, you know, and you're not going to take that big hit. Just get that extra yard or two where second and six is a lot easier than second and eight. You know what I mean? Or third and three is a lot easier than third and five. I mean, just I, I, I don't understand that. That's that's been a, that's been an issue I've seen all year with the Bears that uh, I hope they understand it is playoff time and try to get that extra yards. I, it, it's just I don't get it because I understand maybe a running not taking that big old hit on the sideline, but some of these plays, the wide receivers, they just squeeze some extra yards out. Just squeeze the extra yards. It's important stuff. Yeah, and I don't know what you think, Hub, but but I kind of thought Mooney was that guy on the edge. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, you know, Owen, I, I talked about that. I was hosting during the week, and, and somebody had called about that. The interesting thing about Darnell Mooney, and it's really a shame we're not going to see him today, he was drafted almost exclusively for his 4-3-2, or I guess it was 4-3-7 speed. And we, I'm not going to say we didn't see that, but, but, but he did not make that impact as a rookie taking the top off the defense. His toughness, his first, his quickness in, in, in short areas, I mean, his ability to break tackles, just so impressive. And so you miss him for a lot of reasons. But, but then to have had that speed on that uh, artificial stuff down in the dome, that, that would have really been nice, but that's not going to happen. So we'll look forward uh, to, hey, maybe next week. Let's think positive about this. And, and Studs, before we go to break, could you find out uh, what Rick had for breakfast. I think I know the ingredients, but I want to know the brand because I want to get some of that uh, before kickoff. So, uh, guys, we're, we're going to take a very quick commercial break here. When we get back, we got time for more of your calls. If you want to talk to Olin and Patrick, 312-644-6767. Great lineup of guests for you today. In the Where Are They Now segment, this guy's one of my all-time favorite Chicago Bears. Jermon Bushrod was a pro bowler uh, in New Orleans, came to Chicago as a free agent, played some great football here. One of the great off-the-field people in the history of the NFL, the work that he did um, in the community. We're going to visit with Jermon at 120. Of course, Grody is on the couch today, but Grody has been with the Bears all week long. And, of course, Mark has been talking to coaches and players and will have actives and inactives for us as well. Dan Pompey will be here as he is each week, and that'll be at about 225. Again, we're a little off clock here because of Bulls basketball. Going to get you a full pregame, uh, but working on a little different schedule. So stay right where you're at, guys. We're going to take a very quick commercial break here. When we get back, more of your calls. Again, 312-644-6767. This is the Bet Rivers pregame show presented by MailMedChicago.com. We're back in just a moment on The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. No, we're feeling good, man. Um, 
you know, finish the season off strong, which we expect it's a little bit stronger, but you know how it is. We got a little help. We're in the playoffs. New opportunity, new life. Um, we starting this thing zero and zero. All teams are. And if you don't have that mindset, then you're crazy. Whatever you did in the regular season does not matter. So we're about to go in here, try to be one and oh. That's all we're going to do. Welcome back, everybody, to our Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show. That was Chicago Bears left tackle Charles Leno talking about uh, how the playoffs set up, how the Bears got there, and being ready this Sunday. I am Hub Arkish along with Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley. Again, the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show presented by MailMedChicago.com. And we are taking your phone calls at 312-644-6767. Pat, one of the things um, that I'm still trying to get my arms around watching uh, the tape of the Packers game last Sunday, Allen Robinson was invisible for the better part of three quarters. And, And I think the perception amongst Bears fans is that the Packers did a bunch of special things to take him away. Yes, Jerry Alexander is a very good cornerback, and he was on Robinson quite a bit. But at the end of the day, it didn't look to me like it was so much what the Packers did as Robinson just didn't seem right. He had missed a, a fair amount of practice with a hamstring. Um, he missed some practice again this week uh, with the hamstring, was limited at times. And, and without Mooney in particular, if he's not close to 100%, now I think you're, you're really in trouble. But I don't know if you guys saw the same thing on the tape I did. Um, did, did you think it was more what the Packers did or, or did he look just a little bit off? Uh, he looked a little off. He didn't look as explosive or as quick out of his cuts as he's been in the past, but that's a key for today to me is that you go back and look at the previous game against the, the Saints and when they run their man-to-man, which they'll play quite a bit, that uh, Allen Robinson had a pretty darn good game getting open against Marshawn Lattimore, who's a good cornerback. So if he's not healthy and can't get that separation and beat that one-on-one matchup and man, and man coverage, then that's going to hurt the Bears even more. So uh, I, I just hope these guys are healed up and, and are close to 100%. Like everybody says, I don't think anybody's 100% going to the playoffs at this time of the year. But um, he needs to be his top for this game at this game to, to help Mitch Trubisky and get open against this tough defense. Yeah, and, and I think you're right, Hub. I, I think he was a little off, but, but the Packers have, have played well against Robinson and the Bears offense now uh, the last two years. You know, So uh, the Bears have not looked good going against Mike Pettin's group. Uh, they have not scored a lot of points at all. I mean, if you take away the touchdowns they had and, you know, just when the game was out of hand, uh, they really haven't scored much at all and just ended up with 16 this last game. So uh, that secondary with King and Alexander and Savage and Amos, uh, those guys are really good. Uh, they work well together, uh, and they do a nice job on Allen Robinson. And, you know, that's some of what you want to see when you talked about uh, you know, he's seen the way the Packers moved Devontae Adams around, got him different matchups, found them matchups on linebackers. Some of what you want to see with Allen Robinson going against the Packers, but today is in the Packers. And I think Robinson even said earlier this week that he's got a good feel for Lattimore. And like Pat just said, that showed up uh, the last game they played that he knew how to get open against this guy. And we'll see if Mitch Trubisky can find him today like Foles did. All right, guys, let's get back to the phone lines. George is in Old Town. George, thank you for calling. How are you doing this afternoon? Well, I appreciate you taking my call. Uh, you know, the Bears have looked so much better on the offensive line, and I, I think winning this game is dominating that line of scrimmage and getting five or six yards that carry on first and second down. And my other point on the defense is, 
got, I'd like to see some good fundamental tackling from the knees down, more like the ankles. Remember, trying to bring down Walter Payton, nobody could bring him down above the waist. And the same for Kamara. Our guys have got to hit low and wrap. And I think if we can do those two things, we can win this game. All righty, George. Thank you for the phone call. Uh, Olin, um, you know, obviously I, I'm not comparing myself to anybody with, you know, high school, maybe a year, no, not maybe a year or two in college football. We were, we were always taught uh, eyes on the belt, pads on the thighs, uh, and, and that that was the safest way. And I'm talking about running backs with the initial surge now. Does that sound like the way it is taught today, the way to go? Or, or why is it that the Bears have been a little bit sloppy in their tackling? Yeah, there you go, Hub. Rip through and drive for five, right? But look, uh, uh, there's two different ways now that people are teaching. They're teaching that, the old school way, uh, you know, through the thighs and drive for five. And then they're teaching the rugby style, right, where uh, your, your head is actually on the other side and your shoulder still goes through the thigh board. And then you're either gator rolling or, or you're driving for five yards again. But uh, the Bears do have to tackle well today, like George is saying, and George is right. Uh, get there down there on the legs, especially on Kamara. Get him to the ground. We saw that last week on the Packers' first third and eight, Pat. Uh, they hit a little dump pass, and we missed two tackles. I think it was uh, DeAndre Houston Carson and Roquan Smith, and it was a huge first down in that game. It didn't seem like much, but but it was a big conversion there on third and eight. Yeah, that was one circled my notes because they had the pressure on him. I think it was Quinn was right there, almost had him down, and they hit that, and they beat him for the uh, the first down. And then the go, to talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, to talk about the offensive line a little bit, you know, going against this defense, I think Mitch talked about it, that he has to understand where the pressure's coming from, and, and that's going to be, he's going to be helped by that with Sam Mustafru. I, I think, you know, had a pretty good game the first time they played. That was his first start in the NFL, and um, has gotten better each week, and I think has gotten probably smarter, or game smarter, you know what I mean, can dissect stuff a little bit quicker. So that's going to be key for this this offensive front of, um, and to help Mitch Trubisky dissect where some of these blitzes are coming from because he'll, he'll he'll show some different pressures coming from one side, bring guys from the other, but you got to be able to block it up to make sure you give him enough time. Guys, uh, awards balloting this week, I don't think much was expected or should have been expected for the Chicago Bears, came out pretty much the way it should. I really believe Kyle Fuller uh, is the most underrated cornerback in football. But other than that, uh, Khalil Mack, second-team All-Pro uh, this year. You also had Roquan Smith made second-team All-Pro. And for Bears fans who are outraged by that, let me tell you guys, just some outstanding inside linebacker play this year. I mean, you know, you can be upset that Roquan is second-team, but I just don't know how you keep Bobby Wagner, Fred Warner, Devin White, um, you know, a bunch of guys at that inside linebacker position off the team. So a tremendous honor for Roquan Smith. And then, of course, Cordero Patterson, first-team All-Pro as a returner again. I, I, I think that, Pat, it's interesting, the respect that Khalil Mack commands around the league. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of fans in, in, in Chicago, all they want to see is the double-digit sack totals, you know, and, and, and the forced fumbles and this and that. But, but he does so many things, and he commands so much attention. And, and it's just really worth noting that even in a year where his numbers were down, um, he is still an all-pro. Yeah, and I, I think part of that, too, is that, you know, the coaches respect him so much because he's a game plan changer. You know, he's a guy when you're mm-hmm. sitting in there on Tuesday afternoon starting to put your game plan together against this defense, you've got to account for him first. And he's, he's one that, uh, you know, you, you've got a scheme plays for, you've got a scheme protection for, and I think that – that helps him get the coaches' votes and, and you know the Pro Bowl voting and stuff like that. So, uh, and then his play, you know, he, he's he's a high motor guy. He hadn't been able to get the to the quarterback like you want to, but 
Um, he's still, I'm sure, when guys get done playing him on Sunday, are saying, oh, thank God that game's over. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's a beast to play against every every Sunday. So he gets the respects. He deserves the respect. But I just me personally being a fan and uh, an analyst here, I wish we'd get more uh, sacks out of him. And maybe today it'll start in the playoffs. Yeah, and look, like like Pat just, just said, and also who they start with is not just Matt. They start with Akeem Hicks also. Mm-hmm. And when you start with those two guys, and it's not taking anything from Roquan. Roquan had a great year. When Akeem Hicks was out, he didn't look the same. So some of that was a knock against him. But uh, like you just said, uh, Hub you, you, and Pat, they, you're a game plan changer. When, when the guys get in the room or when people like the AP Pro guys who vote for that go to ask guys, like, who do you guys get ready for? It's Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Kyle Fuller, and maybe, maybe even keep the ball away from Eddie Jackson. And then they start to talk about Roquan Smith. Now that may change after this year, after the year he just put on film and he gained a little more respect. But – what he's also going to have to do is that when that big monsters in front of him are out, uh, he's going to have to have big games and carry that defense on his shoulders, which he didn't do sometimes this year, especially the late half in the year when the defense started regressing. And we're going to have to see, uh, uh, you know, guys like Khalil Mack and Quinn and Akeem Hicks, where all the money is, we're going to have to see those guys make a lot of plays today. Yep. You know, guys, it's interesting to me, I, the Pro Bowl – and I don't mean to diminish, I don't not, I wouldn't diminish it in any way. It's a tremendous honor to get voted to the Pro Bowl. And yet you look at how it's done. The voting is one third players, one third coaches, one third fans. With fans, it's a popularity contest. It's a beauty contest. And, and even with players, I mean, you guys can speak to this. You only saw 13 uh, of the you know, 32 teams every year. You only saw them once. You saw three of them twice. You studied them maybe the week leading up, maybe a couple games. So my point is that sometimes the Pro Bowl is no more than a popularity contest, but I, I actually am one of the 50 AP voters on, on the All-Pro stuff, and we really work at this. I mean, I spend hours on the phones calling sources, you know, coaches, GM scouts that I know, voters calling back and forth, talking to each other, a lot of conversation to try and get this right. Um, all in, I know, yet a bunch of Pro Bowls, but also a mm-hmm. handful of, of All-Pro awards. What did it mean to you? Uh, it I mean, it, I meant, it Honestly, it meant, it meant the world to make the Pro Bowl when you make your first Pro Bowl as a player, uh, you're calling home. That's why it's such a big deal. And I know a lot of people in the media, uh, you know, they like to run the Pro Bowl down. And maybe it's because they don't get a vote, right? The, the, the media guys don't get a vote. I'd be hard-pressed to hub. You, you know, you're one of the few. But a lot of media guys have biased themselves. Uh, they don't like players themselves. And then when you call around, the guys picking up the phone have bias too. So uh, there's no perfect voting for these all-star games. Um, you know, if you look at, the opening day Pro Bowl ballots every year, you'd be hard-pressed to find – maybe you find one or two guys on a team that you could argue against. And then my question to people always is when they're arguing, I always say, well, who are you taking off the team when you're going to put somebody on the team? And they really don't have an answer. And really they have to wait till the third alternate shows up and then they start running down that Pro Bowl team. So I don't think there's a perfect way to do it. Uh, I think that the players, uh, there are biases, but there's biases – no matter where you are. And, and I know that, uh, Hub, you're doing your work, but that doesn't mean every media guy is. No, th- th- there's no question about that. I am, And by the way, I, I'm like everybody else. I have my biases, but I did only vote for one <laughs> Chicago Bear, so I put them aside this this year. <laughs> it's, uh, um, but but I, I, I just think the, the, the point is, as you just said, Olin, when you get to the alternates, even the guys who deserve the Pro Bowl aren't always getting it. This year there's no game, so it doesn't really matter all that much. Um, but, you know, with the all-pro stuff, you know, bias and, and, and here to Olam's point, guys, 
it took Al Davis probably 15 to 20 years longer than it should have to get into the NFL Hall of Fame because there were half a dozen uh, voters uh, for the Hall. Dan Pompey can speak to this. He wasn't a voter at the time, but he is now, who said that no matter what, they would never vote for Al Davis just because they didn't like him. You, you know, they, they didn't like the fact that he sued the NFL. I didn't like the fact that he sued the league either. But this guy is literally one of the top five, top ten, you know, innovators, minds, brains in the history of the game. And, and, and so how you would leave somebody out like that, I don't know. Uh, but to Olin's point, there is. There's tremendous bias in, in all of this voting. And it's hard to put it aside. Um but, you know, you work hard at the All-Pro stuff, and I do think it's a tremendous honor. And I think second-team All-Pro is absolutely a huge honor as well. So our congratulations to Roquan and Khalil and, and of course, um, to Cordero Patterson, who for the fourth time is first-team All-Pro. We're going to take another quick commercial break here, guys. When we get back, we still have uh, plenty of time to take your calls at 312-644-6767. You can text us at that number as well. It's the Bet River Sportsbook pregame show right here at The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. Up in Kenosha. Rick, thanks for dialing us up. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, being pumped up for the game. Did Walter Payton run out of bounds? No, he kept it in between the lines. The Bears can win this game. I'm telling you, let's get pumped up for this game. Anybody can beat anybody. Let's go Bears! Rick is ready, folks. Are you? It is Wild Card Sunday. What do they call this? Super Wild Card Weekend? That, that's kind of a marketing shtick I could do without. But uh, <laughs> it's Wild Card Weekend. Uh, you know, so we've got a couple extra games. And, and Olin, I, I, I will say I, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I think my worry with adding playoff teams is you diminish, A, the value of the playoffs, but B, the quality of play. Um, those were three pretty good football games yesterday. I enjoyed them all. I, I was really surprised Seattle didn't play better than they did. Uh, but at least in terms of competitiveness and, and all six teams showing up, that I thought that was some pretty good football. Yeah, and the AFC, that, that added seed worked out. You know, with uh, the Colts going against the Bills, that, that was a really fun game to watch. Uh, those guys went at it. Allen uh, has continued to show that he is a very good quarterback. Um, you know, the Hanky, is that how you say his name? He played great. Yeah. Uh, for the Redskins and Seattle, it wouldn't confuse you, Hub, if you just Googled. Uh, I'm sure you do know, but if you look at their coaching staff and see that uh, Pete Carroll just puts all his sons on the offensive side of the ball, it wouldn't confuse you that the offense looks that bad. <laughs> I didn't know that. Is that oh, right? oh, yeah. I don't know, oh, Pat. I mean, listen, there's two sons of their coaching, online wide receiver, so uh, he just loads all his family on the offensive side of the ball and hope Russell Wilson makes it work out. <laughs> right. That's, that's funny. Yeah, that's never a good thing when you have a staff just no. full of kids. No. <laughs> hey, put it, I, I, if I was Scheidenheimer, I'd say put them on your defense, man. Get them away from me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I get, I, I'm not allowed to comment. We only had 17 Arkishas at one time working at Fall <laughs> Weekly. So. <laughs> they were all good at their job, huh? They, that's right. Made, I, I made them work. I, you know, it's funny you mention that. I, not that anybody cares, but my dad had a rule that he taught me. Uh, which is that you were not, I mean, he started Pro Football Weekly, and my brothers and I were not allowed to come to work there until we got a job somewhere else in the industry, working hmm. for a competitor and spending a year or two or three learning the business. And, and um, I don't know much about Pete Carroll's kids, but I know some of these guys uh, who follow their fathers and grandfathers into the NFL, they do work their way up through the ranks, but I, I don't know how that Seattle staff got put together. I Just, guys, Jared Goff, 
I cannot get my arms around this guy. I mean, he can be just awful. And then he comes out on a day like yesterday and he was heroic, you know, and here's a guy. It's interesting because, you know, Bears fans, as upset as they are about Mitch, guys, at least they didn't exercise the fifth year. They didn't give him the $100 million contract. I mean, you, you look at where the Rams and the Eagles are, are, are now basically, I don't want to say stuck because these guys may still be pretty good football players in Goff and Wentz. Um, but, but watching Goff yesterday, two weeks after surgery on a thumb that was fractured and dislocated on his throwing hand, I know it's not the worst injury in the world, you know, if you're playing defense or you're playing on the line, but, but, but for the quarterback to throw the football like that, um, I thought that was a really impressive performance. Yeah, it was impressive. And, and to know that, you know, he's probably in some pretty good pain. Maybe they shot it up or whatever they did, but for him to come in and do that was impressive. We just need Mitch. To, to, to mimic that <laughs> that performance and hopefully he can because you know this game today it's another game like we talked about last week where this team almost has to play perfect to win in my opinion and they can't, he, Mitch can't make the same mistakes he's made in the past uh, like he did last week at the end of the first half of the pass that should have been picked off in the end zone the bad pass that he forced in late uh, at the end of the game to really blow it out of the uh, just kind of finish the game so we need Mitch to, to play a perfect game to, to have any chance against the Saints team today. Yeah, and like Hub is saying, man, credit golf for, for suiting up a week after putting pins in his thumb. And those first two or three throws, I thought that was a big mistake. And, I, you know, I think they have uh, Bortles on their bench over there. And I was thinking, why wouldn't they suit him up if this guy can't even throw the ball? But he ended up making a few good throws. Obviously, uh, they leaned on that, that run game. I think they had about 165 yards uh, rushing. That offensive line did a great job. Uh, controlling the game, controlling Seattle's front. And, and, you know, while you guys relate that to the Chicago Bears, obviously the offense that the Bears are mimicking as closely as possible right now is the Rams, right? And they're trying to run, actually, the Rams scheme. So it'll be interesting to see if they can get that going against this very, very good Saints defense today. And then, like you're saying, Pat, can Mitch make those two, three, four throws that he's going to need to make today uh, to win this game and, and especially uh, have to convert in the red zone. Well, and then the other the, the other game, guys, uh, you know, Olin, you mentioned uh, Heineke, Taylor Heineke. I'm going to be honest, I'm not sure if it's Taylor or Tyler, but I know it's Heineke. Um, I, I could have sworn that he either separated or dislocated that shoulder uh, with about eight, nine minutes left to play. Not Not looking at it, it didn't look that bad. But looking at the discomfort and the way he was dragging it and carrying it, um, uh, and then they took him into the locker room. You could saw they added some tape. I don't even know. I mean, if it is a, a dislocation or a separation in that shoulder, can you even shoot that up, guys? I'm not sure that it would matter all that much. I would think it would still be pretty bad. Uh, but you talk about coming out and playing with some guts. I, it was really impressive for a kid playing his, his third NFL game ever. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't get to see that. I was busy with that long stopper award, but I, <laughs> I, I heard about it and saw some of the highlights. And that's just, you know, that, that's playoff football. You got to mm-hmm. put it all out there. You know, it could be the last game of the season. So um, credit for him too, going in there and saying, "No, I'm coming back out there." Because who was the they, the kid was going to go in? I'd even never heard of him before. Who was going to be his backup? I never heard of either of those quarterbacks. Right. And I'm like wow, you've got to go play against Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. <laughs> and then luckily he came back out and played for him. But that's just guts, and that's playoff football, and that's, that's fun to watch. Like you're saying, Hubby, he took that sack and, and didn't look that bad, but, but his shoulder sure was hanging. And then and they were checking that area where you, where you like you thought, Hub, I thought, okay, looks like he had a dislocation or he sprained his AC joint or, or something like that happened to him. But, he, but then he came back in the game 
and continued to play good and tough football. And he was uh, really slippery in the pocket. And, and as everybody knows, Tampa Bay and Todd Bowles, their defense coordinator, and the guy comes after you almost every single down. And he was burning them on the blitz and, and really made Bowles stop blitzing them because he beat them so many times. Uh, uh, every time they blitz, he got the ball out, got it to the right receiver, read the defense correctly, and was really impressive. Or uh, he made guys miss in that pocket. I know he made Jason Pierre-Paul miss one time when he dove for that touchdown in the end zone. So the kid was just really, really impressive yesterday and, and even more impressive, like, like Pat said, uh, in the playoffs, man, you just put everything on the line. Uh, you know you're one and done. He went out there, and, and those guys, I don't know if you guys uh, read the quotes after the game, Hub. I'm sure you guys did, but um, just it seems like they just all were really playing for Ron. Uh, really a credit to Ron Rivera when you hear the comments come out of their locker room, uh, how they feel about him, how they he's changed their culture there, uh, how the team just was willing to, you know, like, they, like the quarterback showed, uh, give up their body for their coach. And I know one guy, uh, his name escapes me now, but he said, uh, anything Ron Rivera asked me to do, I'll do. So th- those are big <laughs> statements in the NFL. Yeah, really, and my apologies. His name is Taylor Heineke. He certainly earned the right for me to know that. I also should know it since it's one of my daughter's names. Not um, yet, but, Hub. He hasn't earned the right yet. That's one well, game. <laughs> He's, he ain't got a name, His rookie. name is Rookie, Hub. <laughs> you know, guys, the other thing that I thought was so cool about it, though, was who's on the other sideline but the GOAT. I mean, you, you got Tom yeah. Brady out there, and, and Brady was Brady, you know, 104 passer rating, 381 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Um, but but for this kid to be out there trying to go toe-to-toe uh, with Brady, and, and as, as you point out, uh, Olin Chico, he's just an outstanding football coach. He's an outstanding guy, and, and I, I wish they could have gotten the one. I'll show my bias the win, I should say. I'll show my bias there. That wasn't meant to be. And you want to see the better team move on, and clearly Tampa is the better team. It, it makes the playoffs uh, more entertaining. But, but I just thought it was really fun football all day long. They're off to... Um, a similar start in Tennessee right now. The Titans up 10-0 on Baltimore. Um, once again, guys, I don't understand. Tennessee's defense isn't even mediocre. It's not a good defense. And for some reason, they get in against this Ravens team, and they seem to have a formula. It's very early, um, but but we're at least last time I looked a couple minutes ago, still shutting them out um, and off to a 10-0 lead there. So uh, let's bring it back to Bears-Saints. You know, guys, I, I went back and, and, and watched the game quite a few times from week eight. And it's funny because, you know, I've heard some people say, well, it was Nick Foles and, and not Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. And the Bears played him so tough. And um, you know, it was one of their better offensive games. But Foles actually played awful. Uh, I mean, he, he missed a bunch of things. He had happy feet, um, uh, avoided, you know, the picks, but, but just was off target all day long. Um, and, and really missed badly a few times. And, and I wonder, you know, Sean Payton's been around. He has seen it all, Pat. But, but the fact that this is a different offense than what the Saints played, you know, last time. I know they've got four weeks of tape, five weeks of tape to look at it. But, but is that an advantage to the Bears and that they're obviously going to be doing something very different uh, while the Saints are probably going to come out and try and beat the Bears the same way? I don't know how I don't think it's that much because I think there's enough tape out there now since they've kind of changed this offense that they can scout off that. But I do think having the Bears offensive line what it is now is going to help them quite a bit compared to what they put out there before, even with uh, Bobby Massey getting hurt and Spriggs having to go in. So that will be at a little bit of advantage of having a better personnel out there. But I, I don't think so. I think there's, like I said, enough tape out there, enough tendencies to figure out. 
that, that they'll put together a pretty darn good game plan against them. But, you know, when you get into the playoffs and you know you're the underdog, maybe you throw something else out there to, to mess with them a little bit. Maybe that's something they need to do. Yeah, and, and then Hub and Pat, the, the, the Bears have two really good films to go look at for what they try to do on offense now since the bye week, right, since Mr. Biscuit was inserted back in and they went to this kind of boot scheme outside zone. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings had a lot of success down there in New Orleans on offense, obviously not on defense with the 52 points, but on offense, and they attacked the edges, especially to the left of the offensive. They went at Marcus Davenport, got outside, obviously as Dalvin Cook. Different running in Montgomery, but Montgomery had four yards to carry the last time they played the Saints, and then, you know, a lot of times the Bears like to switch up with the zone read, which the Eagles did really well uh, yes. against, you know, uh, the New Orleans Saints defense, Pat, and I don't know what you guys saw last week or, or maybe the last two weeks, but Mitch has to keep a couple of these zone reads. He's going to have to use his legs a little more today. And for the Bears to pull off this win, Hub, I, I don't know what you think, but I think Mitch is going to have to put his body on the line a little bit more today, uh, put his shoulder down like we saw Allen doing uh, in the Buffalo game yesterday, keeping these zone reads and, and really using his legs to keep these sticks moving and try to keep this ball away from the New Orleans Saints offense. Yeah, well, no, I, I, I agree with you. I, go, sorry, go ahead, Hub. No, no, Pat, go ahead. I, I agree with you 100% because I went back and watched that Eagles tape to see what Jalen Hurts did to him. Yes, he's a little bit more of a dynamic runner than, than Mitch, but Mitch is, is more than capable enough to, to pull it down and beat those defensive ends. It seemed like they struggle with that zone read to, to collapse down and then come back out and get the quarterback. And the other thing is, with the, the Saints playing as much man to man as they do, you know, third and long or whatever it is, pull it and run. You know, if he sees the backs of the defenders, Go ahead and get that yardage. And Jalen Hurts had a heck of a game uh, against them doing that as well and hurt him on third downs and scrambled to get some first downs for the Eagles. So you're, you're right about Mitch. He, he's going to have to pull the ball, run the ball, and then, yeah, you know, go ahead and get like, – like we've been saying the entire time, it's playoff time. Get those extra yards. Dive a little bit farther. You know, help your team out. Make sure you get that first down if you even have to go ahead first. So I think that's a big key for this offense today, and we'll see if Mitch does that and see if that's dialed up for him. Yeah, Pat, all I was going to say was I could not possibly agree with Olin and you more. I, I, You know, we talk about one of the big advantages with the Bears and the adjustments they've made in the offense being Mitch's athleticism, his running ability, his legs. And I, they really haven't used him. I mean, they've, they've moved him out of the pocket. Um, but, but I'd like to see him running with the football quite a bit more. I mean, you know, not as much as a running back. I'm not saying 10, 12 carries. Um, but a couple design plays and more than that, um, when he does come out of the pocket, I'd like to see him a little more decisive turning the ball upfield. And, and this is what worries me and I think caused some of the problems with him is they spent the first three years coaching that out of him, telling him you got to stay in the pocket, read the field, let it develop. Well, you're not running that scheme anymore, so take advantage of his legs. And, and Olin, if, if you would, I, we're going to have to get to a break, but, but just real quick, we talk about this because it's it's the language of our business. We study this tape all the time. But I don't, a lot of our listeners, I don't know that they really understand what we mean when we talk about outside zone read. Can you just explain uh, to, to our listeners what we're talking about when we say outside zone read and, and how, if at all, that differs from some of the RPO stuff that they were so focused on prior to this? Yeah, okay, so so there's two different outside zones, right? There's the under center outside zone where you use a quarterback boot uh, to make the defense respect the whole field. So uh, if you just if you just uh, line up in your living room and turn your shoulder, shoulders uh, to the corner, to the opposite corner of the living room, uh, you are in an outside zone position and everybody's running in that direction. And a running back's going to take one cut and everybody's shoulders got to match. And when a running back presses the line of scrimmage, 
Uh, he's going to take one cut, and then he's going he's gonna to hit it hard as he can and get up the field. And it's the quarterback boot that makes the linebackers respect all 53 yards of the field. And if you're talking about outside zone read, uh, that's out of shotgun. The quarterback is reading the defensive end, and if the defensive end crashes down, it's pretty simple. He keeps it. Uh, the Bears run two forms of that. They run an outside zone read, and they run an outside zone RPO. And RPO is just a run-pass option. It's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, the quarterback, can, if he if he doesn't give the ball to the running back and he thinks the wide receiver is open, usually on a little slant on the backside of the zone, he'll throw it to him really fast. And now I'm pretty sure all our listeners are confused. <laughs> well, no, I think it's probably the best explanation they've had. Yep. And, and Pat, exactly. I will let you – yeah, and I'll let you put a, an exclamation point on it. I think that Mitch – has gotten a little better at making the right decision on those mm-hmm. outside zone RPOs, but maybe still not often enough. Uh, and, and I don't know if you'd agree with that, but that gets back to what I was talking about before about sometimes just making up his mind and sticking a leg in the ground and going. Yeah. And I, I wonder too, and Olin, maybe you can comment on this is how much is it, you know, called in the huddle, just give them the ball. You know what I mean? That it's a predetermined run that you're just going to use that as a fake. I don't know if they're doing that, but I've heard, you know, some teams do that, that they just know they want to give it to the running back and, and not even, you know, put the, the quarterback in harm's way. But today is one where he truly has to read it and has to put his body in harm's way because I think this can hurt the Saints. Yeah, I mean, it's a great point, Pat. And, and I know you played in a triple option offense yeah. there in high school, and you're the one who actually pointed it out to me when I was talking to you about it for Little League football that you would just tell the guy either to keep it or not. And that, that's the way we started coaching it off of your advice, actually. But uh, as far as for Mitch Trubisky, I don't know if they're doing that for him. You know, it's funny. I don't know what you guys think by watching the film, but it looks like when they when they're in the red zone, they go a little bit more to that that zone read, and maybe the shovel pass a little more, and then then you're kind of back to you know I hate to call it this because I know it's going to get a big reaction, but you're back to Coach Nagy's offense a little bit more in the red zone. Uh, you know, they did go outside zone uh, one one time last week in the red zone. I think it was with Montgomery, but then they had. Wims and Harris at wide receiver, and then the whole state, everybody in the world knows they're running the ball because you're not throwing it to those two guys. So, anyway, they need a little better plan in the red zone today. Uh, but I, 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 I wouldn't imagine they're doing that to him, Pat. I hope not. Uh, I hope not, too. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> I wouldn't, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, I, I like them to just, I like them to tell them to give the ball to Montgomery here, but then why even run that play, right? Guys, we're going to take a quick break here. I, I really hope that we see as little of Javon Wims as, as possible, and that's not personal. He's a great kid. Uh, yeah, he made a mistake early in the year. It's not about that. The problem is, to Olin's point, every time I see 83 in the huddle, I pretty much can call the play, and I'm right about six, seven out of ten times. So, uh, I mean, there are certain things that he's on the field to do, and that's a tendency that they're going to have to break today. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. We've got time for a few more calls. I'm going to take a quick break right here at 670 to score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.